Good morning, good evening, wherever you are. My name is Luke Hunt and this is Beyond the Mekong podcast with uh, The Diplomat. And with me today is uh, Dr. Suwana Gauntlet, who is another well-known personality in Cambodia. She's the director and founder of Wildlife Alliance. Suwana, welcome to the program. Thank you very much, Luke. How is Cambodia shaping up now compared with 20 years ago when it comes to protecting the rainforests and the wildlife that goes with it? So very clearly, the country is bounds ahead as to where it was in the year 2000, and that is mainly due to our work at Wildlife Alliance. Mm -hmm. When I arrived, there was wildlife being sold everywhere, on markets, on sidewalks, in people's homes. There were bears waiting for their next paw to be cut off for VIP bear soup before the golf tournaments. There were monkeys being kept in uh, bags on, on rooftops to get their... Uh, brains eaten alive for VIP dinners, uh, and this goes on and on. I had never seen anything this bad, so I, I thought that I had to do something about it, and I didn't really hesitate, so I went to the government, several departments, and asked them if they needed our help. I went to the, the Office of National Parks, I went to the uh, General Department of Nature Conservation Preservation, and I said, your country is fraught with wildlife trade and deforestation. Our specialty at Wildlife Alliance is to help stop the deforestation and stop the wildlife trade. Are you interested in our services? Mm -hmm. Well, contrary to my expectation, they opened their arms and welcomed me with open arms because their frustration was that the government had just required a countrywide forestry reform and that they were not trained to do that forestry reform. So they welcomed anybody bringing in skills to do it, and of course, funding. Mm -hmm. And they, they had a very um, interesting explanation as to why things were not working right now in Cambodia. Which was? Which was a lot of NGOs came in after the war, a lot of NGOs studying uh, the wildlife, studying the forest, but never taking action. Right. Whereas you need our services, we work from day one with you, we buy the equipment, build the stations, train the rangers, help recruit them, live with them, and go out and get order back. When you say action, does that include gun-toting rangers and uh, people running around rainforests pointing guns? and? It includes uh, a normal group of rangers as it would be in Africa, mm -hmm. as it would be in the United States. It's um, a group of rangers, and it's the, the landscape of the cardamoms where I work is so big, right. you need a lot of ranger stations. And the cardamoms is one of the yeah. last pristine rainforests, not only in Cambodia, but certainly the region. Exactly. In the region, by the way, that they now call Borneo, Borneo mm. uh, Mekong. So it's a right. basin of Borneo Mekong. So the, each station has four judicial police officers of the Ministry of Environment, that are the officers in charge of leading the station and doing all of the judicial police officer uh, documents to the court. All the penalties, all the prison charges, all the arrests, all the communication with the judges and the prosecutor. They are the ones leading the operations. Behind them, you have a group of sometimes six Royal Gendarme Khmer, which are what we call military police because they do have weapons. 
and they're the ones ensuring the security. But also, a little known fact, they are the only department in the government that has power to arrest rogue military. Mm. This is something that was started when the United Nations troops came. Most of the civil crimes and forced crimes were done by the military. Is so, that still the case? Pretty much. How much has that improved since you arrived? Well, it's improved because of the structure that we've put mm -hmm. in these stations. We're responsible for logistics, so everything that has to do with hiring, doing contracts, uh, what people are accountable for, these are called counterparts, uh, the bonuses that they receive, the food that they receive, uh, health care. Uh, we decided that soldiers and uh, rangers were not paid enough. So they, of course, they need to do side businesses. Mm -hmm. But in our case, they're very well taken care of. They have uh, leave time at the end of the month, and they, their leave time is paid for. And then we organize all the leave time to make sure that at least one unit is in the station all the time. There are no such things as no, no stations with any rangers ever. Right. So essentially your mission mm -hmm. is to protect what is already there. Yeah. And you've successfully done that over the last 20, 23 years. I mean, if we were to measure the amount of rainforest in the Cardamans now compared with 20 years ago, and uh, I don't, nobody would doubt the, uh, the level of deforestation that has occurred across this country. But if we were to measure the Cardamans now versus 23 years ago, it would be pretty much the same? or It would be lower. It would be lower right. because... Uh, thankfully, thanks to the, st the stations being on vigil 24/9, mm. 24/7, <laughs> uh, most of the uh, most of the patrols now are done by at night by ambush to keep it uh, more effective. And we every month they give us the number of kilometers they've done, number of ambushes, how many animals they've saved, how many wildlife traps have been dismantled, how many guns confiscated. How much? of the missing rainforests is due to large illegal logging on a large scale and how much of it is due to pilfering by yeah. locals what is the difference between the I two I think that's a very good question and then there's a third category yeah. which I'll come up to in a second uh, illegal logging is kind of a thing of the past all of the specialties that are very expensive have been logged selectively logged right uh, then, uh, if a military network, for example, and the kingpin who heads it, is interested in a certain area, and we're talking about huge areas, mm -hmm. his, his technique is cut all the trees, cut the first trees that sell well, right? Mm -hmm. Then cut the construction trees that they sell as construction wood. Then cut everything else for, for uh, charcoal, mm -hmm. which are sold in Phnom Penh. Then they burn everything to clear the land and sell it. Right. So whom do they sell it to? They sell it to the barons. And the barons then uh, put out a request to central government saying, I want this land. And as you can see, it's completely degraded. So there's no right. environmental protection problem here. It's already Everything's all killed. The land is ruined. Land is ruined. I want to develop it. That's right. And... The people who were developing it were responsible for the land being ruined in the first place. That's right. And, but now that has changed. What, what is happening much more often 
is that the barons will hire workers from other states. Mm-hmm. There's the states of Kokong, for example, they know very well they're not supposed to do that. Right. And if they get caught, they'll go to prison. So workers from other states who come with chainsaws at night, try to clear the land. There's also bulldozers, excavators, tractors. Caught, in the, caught red-handed, they go to court. The equipment is seized. And the, the rampant deforestation is stopped. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Cardamans has been securitized as a, a carbon credit asset product through the Red Scheme. And it's uh, a complicated beast, which has been widely criticised for all sorts of reasons. How do you view RED? And I understand that there has been controversy with Wildlife Alliance, but we'll get to that shortly. But how do you view RED and VERA, the um, verification processing, I guess, which is required by companies to uh, gain those carbon credits? So... Everything started pretty broad, pretty much in 2019. Uh, we were, we have a technical partner, Wildlife Works Carbon, to determine the exact boundaries where uh, it's called the accounting, mm-hmm. the carbon accounting area, where uh, standing trees from that area are the ones that can sell VERs, verified emission reduction. Right, and that area is. It's true, it's very technical, it's very complicated. Uh, we do what statistical dispersion plots, and we go and test all the plots to measure the trees to see how much carbon there really is. So mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a system to do that. Every card has an ID card, and every plot has a report. So that's done over a period of at least nine months, very, very long. And we send those measurements, called biomass measurements, to our partner who, who does the algorithms to decide what is the avoided deforestation from this standing forest as compared to the national frail. Right. So our method, we follow the national frail. And we've done that since 2019. We had our first validation and verification BCS with Vera. And Vera did a great job examined what the auditors had done, mm-hmm. and they gave their okay. So we passed, December 2019. And in those days, it wasn't as complicated as today because there were no opponents. There were no people mm-hmm. disputing the algorithms. Right. Now we are heading into an yes. even further complicated right. territory. But my understanding from writing about Red many years ago is that a reasonable comparison would be a stock market. Your asset yeah. is the rainforest. Yeah. You have it audited. You have it maintained. There would be international analysts with broking houses that would examine the asset and make sure that, well, basically that there's no pilfering, that the, the trees aren't being cut down and that yeah. it is all maintained properly. Why does it get more complicated from there? Okay, so what you described is exactly... and. I, Exactly that. So there's a, such a thing as vintages. Mm-hmm. So your first validation, you have three vintages, and you're allowed to sell all the way backwards to that vintage. You, right. have, to, you have to prove that you protected the forest at that time. And going forward, we sold all our vintages, so we do year by year by year. Nothing complicated about it. Until mm-hmm. the Guardian came out in January saying 
that the VERs, verified emission reductions, that are the result of all right. the algorithms, are uh, over-exaggerated, mm -hmm. and therefore that the companies are buying over-inflated avoided carbon. I, I understand the article you're referring to, which basically said that Red and Vera are um, dreadfully overrated and not achieving anything. If I go back to uh, days in Borneo, when I was writing about Red, it was one of the great hopes in terms of environmental destruction and climate change, and this was seen as one of the answers. And now there's a lot of people who are lining up and saying, it's uh, not. Yeah, but the problem is the people who are lining up to say it's not are journalists. They don't mm. know. They don't even know what algorithm is. Mm. They haven't been to measure the biomass. Right. They don't see how the system is put together. It's like a jigsaw puzzle. It's very complicated. Some bandit showing up saying, I'm going to do a red project. They can't do that. They need specialists. Right. So it's very disappointing to see that. And it's easy to talk to customers to make them lose faith okay. and trust. Before we, before we go down there, now, <laughs> Vera effectively validates and, for want of another way, puts a value on the rainforest, which is then traded through red. Now, not that long ago, there were other articles being published about Wildlife Alliance and alleged human rights violations. Uh, the report came via Human Rights Watch, which is based in New York and regionally in Bangkok. But the report has not been published. Like that. Nevertheless, there have been allegations made that uh, you are mistreating locals and that people's rights have been violated, which is right. a bit disturbing given that you are running an NGO. And uh, what's more important, human rights or safeguarding a forest? That's a dangerous question. Both, because uh, the standards that we are upholding, which is VCS, mm. that's for the carbon of the forest, CCB is how much the community is benefiting and participating. So we have VCS, CCB, and SDV staff. We cannot sacrifice humans for the VCS. I mean, we could say we're just doing VCS. Right. The allegations of human rights violations came out in the Cambodian media and they were basing their stories on a report by Human Rights Watch which has not been published and I'm told it will be published early next year. What are they referring to? Okay, so um, historic, let me just put the historical back in, in mm. there. A man and a woman, Luciana Teles Chavez, and a journalist, Tim Frewer, went to the most remote part of the Cardamoms, which is now very famous, Chai Arang Valley. They stayed there six days and asked local people what they thought of the Red Project. Mm -hmm. And of course, everybody's having a heyday because they weren't telling them everything they want. We're not getting the land. Uh, we're not part of the Sabad. Uh, they're not letting us go in the forest to uh, collect non-forest forest products. It goes on and on all day. I'm just wondering how much these villages know about a red well, they all project knew. anyway. No, no, they all knew because yeah. there's such a thing as called, you probably know, ethic. Right, Free we'll have to explain prior that. Hmm. informed consent. Right. Which is a standard that came out under VCSCCB 
saying that any population that will be touched in any way by the red has to know about it and be informed and give their advice. They don't always have to consent, but they have to say, I disagree because... They, they, they must be consulted. Absolutely. Yeah, right. absolutely. So, um, Tim Frewer did a Twitter, and I think it was December 2021, mm-hmm. where he accused Wildlife Alliance of all sorts of things, like abusing physically and forced evictions. And that Twitter was the first public document that came out. Unfortunately, he's erased it, so we don't know what he said exactly. You might have it? No, I'm, I'm curious as to this. Uh, the... It's okay, so that's, and then that continued. Mm-hmm. Tim Frewer and Luciana Teles-Chavez mm-hmm. went together to Chiaran to talk to the people about this. And I believe it was March 2022. 18 months ago. Right. 19 months ago. Right. So the, it all started with that. Luciana, after that, started writing uh, allegations against us. And their first letter, I believe, was in, in December. I'll correct all the dates if needed. In December, she mm-hmm. wrote the, the first letter to Wildlife Alliance. But the problem with their methodology is they accuse of this, 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 without stating any location. What were those accusations that that people were denied access to their land, that they were bullied, intimidated, were guns used, were people assaulted? What were their allegations? Uh, that the rangers were not behaving in a calm and professional way, they didn't use those terms, and were forcing people to uh, go to prison or forcing people to have penalties for their forced crimes following So what they're saying is that you are prosecuting people who uh, did not deserve to be prosecuted. Yeah, yeah. For them, for them, all the people who are in, in illegal settlers... Mm-hmm. have a right to be there, even if they come from nowhere. Right. Uh, the law says it's not, the, it's not the case. You're not allowed to settle inside the protected area if you're a newcomer. Of course, if you've been there some, since Pol Pot regime, you can have land tenure, it's no problem. But they were talking about lots of uh, temporary huts coming in, mm-hmm. paid by generals, once again, to clear the land. And once the land is cleared, then they'll put monoculture and then they'll sell it. They're giving blanket statements of overall, you know, land evictions without even telling people in advance. Absolutely not true. We gave them all the court cases. All of the cases show that we followed the law. We gave pre- previous notice. We took the people to the village chief. Uh, there were discussions about the existing maps. Oftentimes, it's workers from Chinese um, sugarcane sugar mm-hmm. or hydropower. And when the, the, the contract's finished, they want to stay on site and, you know, make their care. Okay, so wind forward. This was in March last year. Mm-hmm. But the allegations that Continue. were attributed to uh, Human Rights Watch by the local media came out uh, September, I think. Well, I have the binder. I can show you everything. Right. It started earlier than that. And... Um, this is when it hit the headlines. Yeah. Yeah. There are six foreign uh, journalists who've been accusing us terribly. Right. Because of the style. So you see the huts of these people. They come from other provinces. They Mm. put tents. 
they, they kill the animals, they burn the forest, and then they move to the next area. Right. That is not allowed under the law. But that's not a human rights abuse. So most of the allegations fell. Now we're answering, hopefully, the final letter. And Human Rights Watch is holding on to their most accusatory point, mm-hmm. which is, and this is Chai Orang still, which is outside of the Red Project. And they're saying, uh, we are guilty of unclear boundaries for, right. for China Rang. But well, I'm a little unclear on the boundaries myself right now. So we're talking about a valley which is not involved with the Red Project. It's not in there. But it's still under your remit. What do you mean by under our remit? It's part of Wildlife Alliance's it's area called, of control. It's called Cardamom Forest Protection Program. Right. And it existed way before the Red Projects. Okay. Yeah. So that valley still has unclear boundaries for the community mm-hmm. because, and I have to remind them, a hydropower dam was going to flood the entire valley right. still until 2015. So the six villages that were going to be evicted mm-hmm. were going to be flooded. Right, and this was cancelled uh, a few years back, to 2015. Right. And once it was cancelled, the people didn't have to leave anymore. So we were asked by the government to please reestablish order. There was a huge uh, civil unrest there. Uh, they didn't want the hydropower dam. They were boycotting the machines coming in. And Mother Nature was there. Let's not forget Alex Davidson. It was a mess. There was T. Savanta coming with tourists from Phnom Penh with young CNRP people. It was an absolute mess. Right, so, so you're talking about... For the benefit of the listeners, you're talking about opposition politicians, you're yes. talking about Mother Nature, which is another environmental NGO who has had an enormous ongoing conflict with uh, the government here. And Pushing people to stop the trucks, uh, uh, stopping mm. the borings, attacking the trucks even. Right, I mean, they're, they're pretty out there. Yeah. Ven Vaughan, he was CNRP, opposition party, mm-hmm. and he was paid by CI. And CI before, before way back then, had the territory conservation international, uh, had their presence there. But the moment that the dam was finished, we we started moving in under the requirement of the government Mm -hmm. and to reestablish order. So we did a splendid, very organized sequence of events, starting with 485 households being socioeconomically interviewed. What do you feel? You want to continue a slash and burn? Would you like another job? If we can help you to develop alternative livelihood, what would it be? And they all said, we want community-based ecotourism like our cousins now. And 80% of the women said, we don't want our children to continue slash and burn. We want them to have a regular job. So we want them to go to school. That was so touching. So that happened. And after that, we immediately started a year preparation with the villagers to start the community-based ecotourism. Based on our model, it's part investing in homestays, mm-hmm. kayaks, tents, teaching them how to cook, hospitality, to help them attain ASEAN standards. So it was a very nice time. Uh, the governor of Kokong said, okay, well, you guys seem to be quite ready now. And she brought 100 youth from around the province Mm. and we all trekked up to a beautiful mountain camped there one night 
ate on the fire, danced around the fire, did a lot of singing, and yep. next day went back down. Okay. I mean, it all sounds wonderful and good, but what I'm trying to figure out here is that you have Red and Vera. Vera has been roundly criticised for over-exaggerating, overestimating, and really not doing a sterling job when it comes to carbon credits and basically saving the environment in terms of yeah. carbon footprints. Right. Now, your relationship with Vera, is that still ongoing? Has that been discontinued? Because my understanding mm -hmm. is that relationship broke down because of allegations made by Human Rights Watch that you were not respecting particularly the small-time farmers and that they were being victimised and forced off their land. And that report still hasn't been published. True. But yet it's still in the papers. They sent, uh, Human Rights Watch sent their, I don't know if it was a report, but more of a complaint, mm -hmm. on May 29 to Vera. Mm -hmm. It took only a few days for Vera to let us know that further issuance of the ERs from the Southern Cardamoms were suspended. Right. And they were starting what they call a quality review that would last about 40 to 60 days. And it adds a knot into the story because their intention for this quality review is to go back to the very, very, very first independent auditor right. and answer questions. How far back is this? The first validation we ever had, so 19, 2019. Okay. And most of the staff of this VUB were gone. They had no idea. So right. they turned in this uh, quality review response. So Vera now has everything. And they promised us that when the quality review was over, we could start it. Okay, now, have you started again? No, because they haven't finished right. reviewing the quality review findings. So when are you expecting that soon? Oh, six, I, I don't know. I'm writing to them every two days. Okay. So, <laughs> and if my pushing method will work. It should be within a few weeks. How important is Vera and Red to this country and preserving what's left of the cardamoms? It's key. I have all my life in Cambodia waited for the moment where I could present to the government a system whereby they would have bigger interest keeping the forest standing than selling it out to economic land concessions. And finally, it was Red that provided this. So we had three red PDDs before this one worked. And finally we started, and it yielded enough money for the communities, enough money to keep the forest standing with the rangers, and enough money to keep the government happy in keeping the forest standing. So that must continue. Okay, so Vera was behaving perfectly before. They didn't have any, you know, they were a normal third-party Mm. auditing organization until the Guardian came out. And then they started getting scared. And so they're reacting to, to allegations by Human Rights Watch, which haven't been published yet, but they are making headlines. And no, they're reacting to the Guardian. Well, the Guardian article was uh, quite some time ago. January. Right. And then another one came out in March. They're reacting to that. Mm. And instead of standing up for their standards... They suspended the programs. Mm -hmm. And they, in my opinion, they should have stood up for their standards, which are very good. They're very strict. So they, now 40 red projects are suspended, mm -hmm. and they are coming out with a new standard as of 
So it, it, this, the new standard came out on September 27. Mm -hmm. But those of us who are already engaged in the VCS CCD standards, we can continue for the moment. Okay, where does this leave you in terms of the latest allegations that human rights abuses had been committed on the periphery of the Cardamans? Did this happen? Okay, so what happened? I like the sentence where you say in the periphery of the Cardamans because that's Chiarang. Chiarang yeah. has been really the the center of accusations. Right. No, it's not true because. Chiarang, number one, is outside the Red Project. They so happen to be beneficiaries for revenues from the Red Project mm -hmm. because the PD has them part of the 29. Okay, so that's sure. Um, they, backtrack for a second. Wildlife Alliance and the Cambodian government, we have worked really hard to help communities in all the southern Cardinals have clear boundaries of their community land. I'm not talking about land titles, community land. You can do your slash and burn, you can do your, your whatever until here. But after that, it's protected forest. And that worked really nice. So we did it for 14 communes. Look, that's a lot of work. And we have the maps and we have the minutes and the signatures of everything. However, Chiarang was not included because the hydropower dam was going to. So these villages were going to be evicted. It made no sense to do community land. They were going to lose everything. Okay. We're still coming back to the original question. Were people in those villages, in those 14 communes, were they prosecuted, bullied, intimidated no. in regards to pilfering, no. theft of no. timber? No. No, but if they did something illegal, they would respond to the law. They'd get a penalty, they'd get a... Right. And so what I'm asking, uh, do you have a list of prosecutions from that area? Oh, absolutely. That, uh, how, how many oh. prosecutions would you make? Well, we're perhaps we're, in a we're talking about since 2003, right? Well, I mean, a lot of this goes back to 2019, so... And uh, I can give you a list of all no, since okay. 2019. I'm, I'm, more, I'm more interested in the recent allegations. We have every single case documented mm -hmm. by the court. We have we have the copies. We have all the arrest warrants. We have all the handover uh, warrants from the, the criminal to the court. We have all of the penalties were paid, all the contracts of non-reoffense. We have absolutely everything. So what do you make of those allegations? Because it seems to me that um, you've been, you have a reputation for being hard and in conserving the rainforests and prosecutions have been made but then there seems to be this other side of the coin where people are claiming that those people who were prosecuted are victims of uh, human rights abuses because they live in the Cardamon areas. Does that make no, some I, kind of sense? No, no, I don't think the people who are convicted are, are complaining well, that they had human rights abuses. Well, this is, this is the allegations that have come out in the newspapers lately, and I'm trying to get a bit of a, a, bit more uh, okay. of a handle on it. I'm trying sides. to stay. I'm trying to stay with what Vera says and human rights. Right, but I'm more interested in what you say than human rights. Okay, so in Chatterang, what's not clear is the community boundaries because it was going to be flooded. So we took action right away after the dam was cancelled. Mm -hmm. That's the best we could do at the time because we're not the government. We worked on the government saying, you know, this land must be registered. They're the only ones who are not registered. Mm -hmm. We have three communes and six villages. Okay. 
what is your relationship like with the government? And uh, in particular, Cambodia has a new government, a new prime minister, how is the relationship and what are you expecting over the next, you know, let's say the next year or two? I can't answer that question because I haven't met him yet. But you do still work with the government. Oh, all the time, yes. And the relationship is? With the government or with the prime minister? Well, the prime minister hits the government. Right. So I, I, our relationship with Hun Sen was very good. Mm-hmm. And you will see an article, that I'm going to show you, where I'm accused of being uh, in bed or something like that with uh, a corrupt dictator, uh, Prime Minister of Cambodia. Because I'm sitting at a table with a general who is destroying Bokor Mountain. And I'm telling him, you are taking the national park. No. So, yes, we did evict him. Mm-hmm. But my photo was shown sitting with that general discussing this. So, of course, you know, since I'm sitting with the general... I'm in bed with the corrupt. I'm saying, long story short, I had a good relationship. Every time I needed a heavy hitter, I asked him, and he did it. Yeah, deal directly with what he said. By letters. Very smart man. Suwana Gordon, thank you very much. You, thank you very much.